You're listening to the Option Alpha Podcast from OptionAlpha.com, where we show you how to make smarter trades, learn how the stock market really works, and generate consistent monthly income. Monthly income. Now, your host and head trader at OptionAlpha.com, Kirk Duplessis. Hey everyone, this is Kirk here again at OptionAlpha.com, working every single week to make this the most popular investing podcast offered in iTunes and online because it's based on one thing and one thing only, and that's helping you make smarter trades. So thanks so much for tuning in today. We've got a really cool show for you guys today talking about leveraged and inverse ETFs, things that most people see all the time, but they really don't understand kind of the pricing behind it. Now, before we get into that, I just have a couple quick comments. Now, the one thing I wanted to share real quick today, because I've been getting kind of these emails that are around the same type of topic, and I wanted to just quickly share my thoughts on this before we get into the episode. And that's this thought about consistency. And I constantly get emails from traders, both new and experienced, finding out or asking how to be more consistent. And to some degree, it really frustrates me because this is something that I I feel like I preach a lot. Maybe I don't do enough of. That's why I'm talking about it now. But it frustrates me a little bit because I feel like most people who get into this business, they want to see immediate action or immediate results, right? Like a trade that goes correct right away the first time. And then they expect that trade, that same type of trade to happen over and over and over again. And even though we talk about making high probability trades, trades that are 70% or 80% chance of being a winner, that doesn't mean that they are going to be winners every single time you make that trade, right? So every time that I get an email from somebody that says, hey, what happened with that trade? I always say, uh, you know, there's another side to that that probability, right? We have a 20% chance of losing or a 30% chance of losing. But here's the deal with consistency. And it is not only true that I know this because I experienced this in my own trading, but it's just proven and based on numbers, right? This whole game is based on numbers, how many trades you make, your position size, liquidity, things that we talked about a lot of times and and have talked about a lot in this podcast as well. But here's the thing about consistency. You will become more consistent the longer you stick with it. So if you have enough persistence to do the right type of thing, meaning make the right type of trade in the right setup with the right pricing, If you have the persistence to make that trade over and over and over again, consistency is just a byproduct. It will happen over time. Now, you may find consistency in the first two weeks. You may find consistency after two months. But the longer you stick with it, the more consistent you will become. So if you want to be truly involved in this business and want to be successful, you have to be in it for the long haul. It's not a business you can be in for 30 days or 60 days or on and off, right? I get traders that have had come to me and they always say, you know, I've been trading for five years. No, you haven't. You've been trading five years, one year at a time. You're in and then you're out and then you're in and then you're out. You haven't been trading for five years consistently and with persistence making the same types of trades. If you had, you would see better result in your account, okay? So just a little bit of a rant there, but hopefully it helps out with this idea of consistency and kind of I don't know, maybe fires you up, invigorates you about, you know, getting back into this and making it more of a consistent, you know, theme and process throughout your day and your week. Now, of course, I want to help you get there faster. So today's freebie that we're giving away as part of this podcast is our fast track guide. You can get that by going to optionalpha.com slash fast track. It's just one word, fast track, F-A-S-T-T-R-A-C-K. And you can get that guide and download it. It's got eight weeks of content to help you kind of get started and hack your way through the education and learning curve that is options trading. And it's got not only blog posts, but tutorials and podcasts 
and kind of a very laid out process for you. So if you're a newbie or a beginner, that's a great way to get started is to download our fast track guide. Now, again, in today's show, we're going to be talking about inverse and leverage ETFs. So first thing we have to do is talk about what are these things, right? So let's first talk about what leveraged ETFs are. Well, these are ETFs that track some sort of index or other ETF or groups of ETFs. They track them in a leveraged fashion. So what you'll commonly see is two times bullish or three times bullish. And what that means is that if you're tracking some index, let's say financials, and you want to get more exposure to financials than just that index or ETF that you're tracking, you could trade something like FAS, and that's the ticker symbol, FAS, which is a three times financial bull. And what that means is that if the ETF and index that FAS tracks goes up, then that other leverage ETF, FAS, is gonna go up three times as much, or that's at least the hope, is that it goes up three times as much. So for the same cost to get into FAS versus buying three times the other ones or XLF or some of the other ETF indexes, you could get the same exposure with one leverage ETF and be three times as bullish in that sector. You can do the same thing in a variety of different areas. And so another example of that is NUGT, which really is Nugget, right? Like that's a great, I mean, they're very clever when they come up with these tickers, but Nugget, NUGT, is a three times gold miners ETF. It's a leverage ETF. So you get three times the bullish exposure in those ETFs. Now, of course, this also works in the inverse, right? So if you have three times the bullish exposure and gold miners or financials fall, then likely you're gonna see that leverage ETF that you bought, Nugget or FAS, go down by you know a factor of three. They also have inverse ETFs. Now, inverse ETFs work completely opposite of whatever it's tracking. So just like we have FAS, which is a three times financial bull, you also can trade FAZ, which is a three times financial bear. So every single time that the financials go down, this in this inverse ETF is going to go up by a factor of three. So it's going to go in the completely opposite direction and three times the magnitude of move. Same thing, if financials go up, then this thing is going to go down by a factor of three because it's an inverse and it's a factor of three. Now you also have ones like QID, which is an inverse on the Qs or the, the NASDAQ. You also have SDS, which is an inverse on the S&P and is a bearish one. And those ones are not three times bears or three times the movement. Those are usually kind of like a one time or two time movement thing. So you can Pick and choose which ones you want to trade if you want to be really ultra aggressive and go with some of these ones that are three times the move, or you can do some of these ones which are called ultra or just regular short, and those go in the inverse but are just one times that actual move, okay? So obviously you can see that for most traders, these really help because they not only give you the opportunity to leverage yourself even more, but they also give you the opportunity to hold bearish positions in an account that prevents shorting stock. So this is really great if you have an IRA or a SEP or just a traditional IRA or Roth. This gives you an opportunity to buy one of these financial products because you're just buying an ETF and you could have a three times financial bear product like FAZ and have short exposure by buying stock. 
And it's a really cool tool because if you can't short stock or you can't do options in your account, this is a great way to give yourself a little bit of protection from possible market crashes and things like that. But they also have some increased exposure for kind of this seemingly less cost, right? You can increase your exposure three times some product by buying just one ETF. So for example, if you had NUGT, which is the gold miners three times bullish ETF, instead of going out and buying all these different gold miners and buying three times the number of shares or contracts, you can just trade NUGT one time. So it has seemingly less cost because it gives you exposure to all of these different areas at three times the value. But this seemingly less cost thing is what we need to really dive into today, okay? Now, if you don't know how they work and how they're priced, they're definitely going to trip you up. And that's why I want to go over it here today. And here's the thing. I'm going to challenge you a little bit today. This is not a normal podcast. And I want to start getting more and more away from kind of the basic stuff, which we have tons of video tutorials on inside of our membership area. But I want to start really challenging you as a trader to understand this stuff. And it's going to be hard to follow, no doubt about it. But we're also going to have some great guides and images that you can find on the show notes page when you go to optionalpha.com show 27. So as we're going through here, follow along, write it down if you need to. But you can also grab the images and little charts that we've created for you at optionalpha.com slash show 27. So here's the thing. It's all a matter of design and how these things are based in their pricing and how their pricing moved because it's always based on the underlying index or ETF that they're tracking. So like gold miners or financials or the S&P or the Qs, whatever. Now here's the thing. Most investors think that they or assume that these things are truly dollar for dollar moves. And this is really the flaw that most people get into. And you might be thinking this right now is, hey, I understand that. Okay, no problem. If it goes up by a dollar, my thing goes up by $3 or it goes down by $3, whatever the case is. But that's where people miss it out because here's what could happen. Okay, let's assume that both an index and an ETF that we're tracking, whatever it is, a leverage ETF, they both start at $50. And now let's assume that we just have a regular inverse ETF. So every time that ET that index goes up, our inverse ETF is going to go down, okay? So if they both start at $50, can you imagine a scenario where the inverse ETF actually goes below zero? Absolutely. Because think about it this way. If the index starts at $50 and goes up to $101, then that means that our inverse ETF if it was truly a dollar for dollar move, would have to go down to negative $1. It's only worth $50. So it only has a finite window that it could trade, right? So that's where most people have this flaw. They assume it's a dollar for dollar move, but you can see that this doesn't really work because these inverse ETFs can never go to zero and they can never be less than zero, obviously. They can't be negative. So how do they solve this problem? Well, instead of making a dollar for dollar move, they turned it into a percentage move versus a dollar move. So now the changes are based on a percentage move in the index relative to the inverse ETF or leverage ETF instead of a dollar for dollar move. So let's use that same example of two ETFs that start at $50. Now, if the index goes up by 1%, that ETF is going to go down by 1%. But let's say the index goes up by another percent. So it goes up by another 1%. 
that doesn't mean that the ETF is going to go down by the same dollar amount value. Now it's going to go down by the same 1%, but that 1% is going to be based off of that smaller amount that it already went down to. So it's already going to go down by 1%. Then it's going to go down another 1% by basing it off of that smaller value. So you can see that even though the index could go up 100%, that ETF will never be worth less than zero because it will always be going down by 1%. And every time that it recalculates, it's based on a lower and lower value in that ETF. Okay, So you can see it's a really cool way that they kind of solve this problem. So what I want to do here is I want to look at some really concrete examples because you're probably already thinking to yourself, okay, I understand that. That makes sense. So the percentage move thing, I got it, right? But here's where it gets really, really tricky unless you understand, again, these percentages. Now, I encourage you definitely to go to our show notes page and take a look at what we're talking about right here, but you can also write it down. It's also very easy to, to follow. It's not going to be crazy arithmetic that we're doing. It's very simple math. So let's take a couple scenarios. I want to make sure you guys completely and utterly understand this. Let's take first the scenario of just some index or a benchmark and a inverse ETF, just like what we talked about. And let's go through a plus 1% move and a negative 1% move. So let's say, for example, that the benchmark starts at $100 and goes up by 1%. That means that the next day it's worth $101 because it went up by 1%. If we have an inverse ETF, then that inverse ETF also starts at $100 and goes down by 1%. So now it's worth $99. And on the outside, it is a dollar for dollar move for that first exact move that it makes. So the index goes up by 1%, ETF goes down by 1%. We're at the index at 101 and the ETF at 99. Now let's say that the next day, the index comes back to 100. So the first day it went up to 101, the next day it comes back down. But that's not a 1% drop in the value of the index because now it was worth 101. So the index actually went down 0.99% to get back down to 100. So did you catch that? It's a very small, very tiny, tiny difference in how the index moved. But it went from 100 to 101 and then came back down. The move back down was only negative 0.99%. So now if you have a inverse ETF, now your inverse ETF is going to go up by 0.99%. And 0.99% from where it was at $99 doesn't quite get it back up to $100. So now even though the benchmark index has come full circle and all the way back down to 100 your inverse ETF is worth just a couple pennies less than what it was before, all based on this percentage change in the index. So you can see how it's starting to evolve, how this pricing is starting to evolve. And this is just the first day's move. Now extrapolate this out over many, many months and years of trading, and you can see how this slight marginal difference here can become really detrimental. Now let's take the other example, okay? So now let's, again, wipe the slate clean, come back, kind of clear your mind a little bit. Now let's take the benchmark and say, okay, it starts at 100. The inverse ETF that we're still talking about starts at 100. But now let's say the first day, the benchmark or the index goes down by 1%. So it goes down to $99, all right? Let's take the complete opposite example. Now the inverse ETX, or <laughs> inverse ETF, I'm looking at all these numbers, inverse ETF, is going to go up by 1% because it's going the opposite direction of the index. 
the ETF is going to go up by 1% and it's going to go up to 101. So in the same scenario that we had in the beginning, scenario two versus scenario one, both of the first day moves are dollar for dollar, $1 for $1, a 1% move for a 1% increase. Now, the next day, let's say that the benchmark, which was down at $99, comes back up to $100, okay? So it comes full circle again. It goes down and then it comes back up. But again, this isn't a 1% increase. It's a 1 and 1.01% increase from its price of 99 because it's gone up by more than 1% to get to 100. Now, the inverse ETF has to go down by 101, right? Because it's completely inverse. So now the inverse ETF, which was at 101, goes down and is now worth 99.97. So now you can see in both scenarios, no matter what happens to the benchmark index, whether it goes up or whether it goes down, you always have this consistent and very persistent negative drag on the price of an ETF. And it doesn't matter whether it's an inverse ETF or a regular leverage ETF, it works in the same way because it's all based on this percentage change thing. So we do have an example of how it works with a two times leverage ETF. So an ETF that would double the price or double the percentage, whatever direction the benchmark goes. And we have that available at optionalpha.com slash show 27. You can go ahead and see that there. And I encourage you to go there and see it because that is what also shows that even with leveraged ETFs, a two times or three times ETF, you still have this negative drag on the pricing of the ETF. Okay, so this is really, really key. And I know that's a hard concept to grasp. I understand that it's hard to visualize that, but now you can truly see that these things have a little bit different pricing. Not to say that they're bad to trade by any means because they do serve their purpose in the market. And we have definitely traded them before, no doubt. But you just have to understand and be aware of their pricing so that you can make smarter decisions based on how you want to trade them and how long you want to trade them. Because again, this is just two days that we went through in this scenario. Imagine these types of pricing changes over the course of many months or even years trading these things. So hopefully that was a great tutorial for you guys today going into inverse and leverage ETFs. But let's get into the closing bell and talk about a trade we're making right now. Now, the closing bell. Find out which stocks we're looking at right now, trades we're making, and hear our game plan moving forward. All right, so a quick trade that I want to talk about today that we're making right now is actually something a little bit different. I haven't traded this in a while, a couple months, and that is ticker symbol IR or IYR. I don't know why I had trouble saying that, but IYR. And this is the iShares real estate ETF. It's not a leverage ETF, not an inverse. We're not trading any of those right now, but it does track real estate generally in the US, and it's had a really tough time, mainly because bonds have been having a tough time in pricing as well. So as we get towards the end of the quarter here and into the you know kind of the summer months and the middle of the year, bonds have been really having a tough time with the potential of eventual rate hikes in the uh, uh, that the Fed might do to interest rates. So as a result, IYR has been trending fairly lower, right? It's had some bumps along the way, but it's been moving generally down. And so we're going to play this thing a little bit directionally bearish. Now, at the time of this recording, IYR is trading right around 79 and a half or so, and implied volatility percentile is up around 60. So what that means is that we have very high implied volatility because the stock has been having a little bit of difficulty moving. 
and has been trading lower. So implied volatility is elevated, and that means that option prices are a little bit swelled across the board. So we can get in here and start selling some options. Now, we're gonna decide just to play this directionally at this point, because we have some room in our portfolio to play it a little bit bearish. We need maybe one or two more bearish positions to kind of balance us out. And so we're gonna go ahead and do the 82-84 credit call spread. So in this case, we are selling the 82 calls for May and buying the 84 calls for May that are about 38 days out. And so that gives us an opportunity now to get some bearish exposure in IYR and sell in options that are overpriced, in our opinion, long term. Now, this trade has about an 80% chance of success. So it's a very high probability trade, and we're taking in about 33 cents, 34 cents in credit to make this trade. So it gives us a pretty good premium. We're not taking in thousands of dollars here. We're staying consistent and persistent, and it's got a really high probability of success. So if we make this trade over and over and over again, we should have a lot of winners that kind of materialize. Now, of course, our goal here is not necessarily to hold this thing all the way through expiration. If we get a nice move down in IYR between now and expiration out in May, we're definitely going to close this thing out early, bank that profit, and move on to the next trade. So that's the trade that we're making right now in IYR. Very simple trade. Anybody can make it regardless of your account size or whether you have an IRA or a Roth IRA or a SEP account. You can make this trade in any account because it is risk-defined. Thanks for listening to the Option Alpha podcast. If you liked what you heard, please drop by iTunes and leave a rating or comment. Plus, you can get everything. Free email updates for future shows, transcripts, video tutorials, case studies, and more. Just visit our website at optionalpha.com. All right, so I truly hope you guys enjoyed today's show and got at least one thing out of it you can apply right now to make you a smarter, more profitable trader and investor. As always, you can get additional resources, links that we mentioned in the show, and some related video training from today's show by going to optionalpha.com slash show 27. And could you do me a favor? If you like this show, please head over to iTunes and give us a rating. It's honestly the best way to get this show into the hands of those who need it most, and I would be extremely grateful if you could do that today. Finally, you can get today's freebie that we mentioned in the beginning, our fast track guide, by going to optionalpha.com slash fast track. Until next time, happy trading.